The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to the show, and happy to say that my guest this week is Evan Quino, who is the the piercer in my shop. Uh, Evan has worked with me for a little over 10 years, and I've really got to see him blossom. Evan started out in a counter position, eventually grew into uh, an apprenticeship, and and now is a very skilled body piercer and and does the majority of the piercing in my my shop. Evan works uh, most of the weekdays, and I'm I'm really just on, on weekends. I mean, I'm there on the weekdays, but like I'm like the office guy, like Evan's like the piercer guy. So it's really cool to have him on. We do kind of like not really like a, a year-end recap, but we kind of talk about the uh, you know state of the union, state of the shop kind of a thing, uh, how things are going, especially post-COVID. Um, we, we talk a little bit about the loss of our, our friend, our co-worker, Rob Seifert, um, but we don't talk about it a lot. It's still kind of a, a sensitive subject, but really happy that I got to have Evan on the show this week. Uh, as I record this, I'm in Glasgow, Scotland. I'm hanging out at Lola's while she's uh, piercing for the day at Forest. I'm working on this. I'm working on a new video for Patreon and everything. And uh, I got some plans to record another kind of like year-end recap of the the overall industry with Lola sometime while I'm here. So stay tuned for that. That's probably going to be next week's episode. Uh, And then I've got one episode that I've been holding on to for a while that I think is pretty special. And I talked to Kevin Jump all about scarification. Uh, Kevin came on uh, a whole bunch of episodes back, and we we did an episode called uh, "Keep Piercing Sacred." Talked about you know Kevin's kind of connection to the the spiritual side of body piercing, and uh, when we were at BMXNet, we we had a conversation about scarification and how it's it's really changed over the last few years. So stay tuned for that one. I think that one's going to be a really special episode that'll be out before the end of this year. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get into this conversation with Evan, and I'll be back a little bit more at the end to talk about some Patreon stuff, and uh, I got a couple questions for you about future classes, so stay tuned. I'm Evan from Precision Body Arts. Say your last name, too. Evan Quino from Precision Body Arts. And in, in where, where is that located? <laughs> in Nashua, New Hampshire. Um... My Instagram is Evans Excellent, which for a long time uh, I just read as Evans Evan Sexcellent, and I thought it was like intentional for a while because like that's like a a, a Guar thing in like a couple of Guar songs. There's, there's a there's there used to be a character in Guar called Sexecutioner, <laughs> and he had a couple of songs where he would say the word Sexcellent. So I always just thought that you were a Guar fan until I realized that no, I was just like misreading the the name. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've had it for a long time since the old AIM days. Was that your AIM name? Yeah. My AIM name was Powerbomb187. <laughs> <sighs> um, so we work together. How, how long have we worked together? 10 years more? Uh, 11. 11. How did okay? So I always get I always get it fuzzy in my head because there were a couple of like sort of similar stories at the beginning, you know, like um, 
you know, Connie worked for me and then she got pregnant and then I think Heather took over maybe or maybe Amy Bones took over after Connie. I don't remember. No, it was Heather. Heather. Yeah. And then Heather into me. And what, Brittany worked at the shop for a little while too, right? Yeah. I, I didn't really have a lot of time to dedicate to the shop. So yeah. you had asked for extra hours and Brittany was available. So she started working there during okay. the week. Okay. Well, um, I don't know if you want to get into kind of like your path as a piercer, because like for, for, for a long time, our, the, the business structure was basically just like, we just need somebody to help out at the shop. We need somebody to answer the phone, help check in customers. We need some help with cleaning, stuff like that. And then I think you probably saw it in a way that I wasn't really noticing in the same way. Like there was just, a, you know, these big shifts over years where our shop went from just like, a bunch of kids doing stuff so that we didn't have to like work a real job and then it started to turn into a real job and now I feel like I'm just like just doing a job you know yeah uh, and like you know you came in when it was like that just needing help kind of a thing and then you know you worked really hard you pushed really hard you learned a lot you grew a lot and like I've seen you do like really incredible things over the years and over the time so like what was it like from your perspective starting with like I don't know if you even saw it as like a job or if you just saw it as kind of like a, a hobby where you get some money or something like that. And then you kind of grew into it as a career and like you're this really skilled piercer now. So like what was that progression like for you? Well, I think once I started working at the shop, I, I honestly probably would have just shown up and worked for free if, you know, if... Damn it, now you tell <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to get in the shop and learn as much as I could. Um, piercing just really fascinated me and all the new exciting jewelry that was coming out was really, really fascinating. When you, when you started at the shop, was I even using all internal thread jewelry at that point or was I still using some step down? No, you were using all, uh, internal. Okay. Well, I mean, you saw it, did you start at the shop before or after we achieved APP membership? after after okay all right so you had it easy <laughs> um well like are, are there any things that like stick out in your mind that you would maybe want to talk about to help other piercers who kind of want to move in that direction and want to kind of get to where where you're at now i would just say you know create a relationship with a, an awesome studio that you really enjoy and you know just put in all the work that you can bribes Bribes, yeah, that works too. Bribes. Get lots of piercings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was also like really weird seeing your growth as like like a dad and stuff, you know, because Cadence had already been born when you started at the shop, right? Or was it like right around that time? It was right around that time. Okay. So I saw, you know, you have your first kid. I've seen her grow up into like a person, you yeah. know? And then, uh, you know, Oliver came along and uh, just like seeing all that stuff is kind of crazy. And like also like watching you grow as a body piercer has been really like fun and impressive. Like I remember when you had some of the some of the the things that a lot of like newer piercers have, like you had your whole super sweaty, super shaky hands kind of phase, yep. you know, and like now I, I watch you work and like you're you're really calm and controlled and commanding and stuff and like admittedly there's lots of stuff that you do in the shop 
better than I do it. And like, it's, it's like a, there's like this weird mix of like pride and also just like just general weirdness. When someone comes in and they ask me, you know, the person who owns the shop, the more experienced of the two asking me for something, I'm like, you should really come in when Evan's here. Like, this is probably going to, like, you know, paired nostrils, I think you're better, uh, septums, you know, and uh, it's just cool to see that. So, um, you know, I just, I appreciate all the hard work because, like, I watched you learn a whole craft and then get, like, really, really good at it. And it's been really amazing just to kind of, like, share the experience with you in a way. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it was awesome learning from you and, you know, recently being able to, you know, uh, experience some more with Lola. Um, it's just been really cool to be able to, you know, slowly grow. And, you know, I still have my days when I have those sweaty, nervous days, but, uh, I think over time I just realized, you know, the more calm I was, the more calm anyone else would be. If, if this question comes off as like, cocky or arrogant whatever um let me know but like were there any difficulties working in a shop where it's like you know i had you know 10 or more years professional experience before we started working together and then you know i've had different experiences through the app and, and you know teaching and stuff like that and sometimes customers uh they come in just being like oh i gotta get it done by ryan and it's like why? Like Evan is like, Evan, Ev, you pierce four days a week at the shop. I pierce one day a week at the shop. Like at this point, you you may have done more piercings than I have, you know, or at least we're pretty closely tied. Were there ever any like frustrations for you or like difficulties or something like getting a client to be like, just, just like, I don't know. I don't even know, really know what the question is, but do you kind of get what I'm getting at? Yeah, I think really what I had to figure out was not letting them question what I was saying to them because I know when I was an apprentice, I would say something in response to their question and they would just respond, okay, but can I still talk to Ryan? And then you would come around the corner, say the same exact thing, and instantly they were just satisfied with your answer. And it was always frustrating to be like, ah, oh, I, I just said that same thing. Yeah. What? What's the difference if he says it or I say it? But now I see the same thing with Lily in the shop and, you know, she'll give an answer and they're still looking for that body piercer to give the answer instead of the counter person. I think sometimes it takes it takes a while to grow your um, command voice in a way, if that makes sense, you know, like... I think maybe when you're in a position where you were and maybe where Lily is, where you're like, um, I know the answer and I'm, I'm trying to like convince you of the information I know instead of just presenting it as just like, this is the information, you know? Yeah. So like that, that was a big thing for me too, because for a long time, I always kind of felt like I was just trying to like, um, be like, please don't listen to what that other piercer said like that's terrible information and it was like i was trying to be like please just listen to me like i was like you know asking them very nicely to just listen to reason and now it's just like this is the way it is and it's yeah. like if you don't like it that that's okay but like that's that's just how it is and i think that in like now that's the same kind of voice that that you use not not to say that it's like rude or like you know a brush off or anything like that but you say you say it with this like confidence and people tend to believe it more than when you're just trying to be like just please just please listen to me yeah. please listen to me 
Yeah. You really just have to stop picking at it. I, I like kind of talking about Lily in the sense of she's growing because like it, it's just I, I see I see certain things in people and uh, it really like the, the biggest thing that I need to see in someone who I would consider like training or, you know, growing with opportunities in, in the studio that I started is like they just have to care about what they're doing and like want to do it well, want to learn more. Uh, and I, I always try to set realistic expectations of people. Um, was was it difficult at all? Just kind of like dealing with some of like the, because sometimes I probably come back from conferences or something, and I'm just like, we have to reinvent the wheel, or we have to do this, or like. So, are there anything? Are there any things that like stick out in your mind when I, I say that? I would say I was just always ready to change or willingness to change, and just following direction. It it didn't really bother me much because um, I just saw it as like this is the way that we're going to do it now. And I think a lot of times too, we would discuss um, like what we might be changing or like how we should change it. So it always just felt uh, organic, I guess. I, I try to like, I try to do things with, with logic and I always really appreciate your input because sometimes you see it from this different perspective and then it crystallizes because you're like, yeah, but wouldn't that not work because of this? And I'm like, oh shit. You know, I didn't think of that. So that's why it's really important. That's why I really like having a shop where I like to say I work with people and I'm not just trying to be like, you have to do it this way because like, you know, you have your own style of piercing just like anybody would. And I, I, I want to learn from the way that you do things and from your perspective. And like, I've watched you do things where it like clicks in my mind because you probably get information from all these different sources like you know and i'm getting information from all these different sources and i think the way that you put it together and incorporate it into your shop can be really different based on you know the individual experiences you know so sometimes like we'll hear the same kind of thing or read the same kind of thing online i think or see it in somebody's whatever post but like you'll implement it in this way where i'll be like oh god damn it i never thought of like holding the thing that way or, or doing this other thing and it really helps crystallize it for me. So I, I like the creativity in the shop. And I like how when we change things, we at least try to change it with logic so that it actually works. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know that I can talk about Rob, honestly. Like, you know, like uh, before we started recording, I kind of asked you about it. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't think I'm ready yet. Uh, but like a, a huge part of the shop for years um, was rob and um I've, I, I've had different people come in the shop and i've seen a progression and then i kind of see um like where they go you know like uh when you came in it, it felt like a really natural fit and that we you know we cared a lot about a lot of the same things not to say that you know the others didn't but i saw you on this like specific path and then Rob came in and I saw so many similarities to like his path and, and your path. And, um, you know, just to kind of see his path end is, is corny as it is to say it like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. You know, Rob passed away in March and, um, none of us expected it. And, uh, it was like, you know, he was right there at the end of an apprenticeship he worked, he, he like grinded his way up, you know, started yeah. on just the phone and doing all like the, the, the regular little tasks and like was always great with it. 
you know, came to conference. We did all these different like social things and like growth and, and all that stuff. And, you know, you were in the shop a lot more than I was. So, I, you know, I would say that you were probably doing more work with, with Rob and more training with Rob than I was, you know, and um, like then having him gone, it's just like, it, it feels, it feels really different. Like I know that the shop can keep going. I mean, like we've shown that the shop can keep going these like last eight months. Um, but it just, it feels very different to me and it feels like pretty joyless a lot of days. So yeah, I think just cause he was always there ready to turn someone's like day around, you know, yeah. um, always ready to crack a joke or, you know, try to make someone smile. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything you want to talk about with it or are you not ready to talk about it? I'm okay with talking about it a little bit. Um, I, I would say for me, it was just really hard to accept that he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, he almost felt like a little brother to me, the way I, I would teach him. And he just always had a way of, you know, just making your day better. You know, we, we would kind of do it with each other where, if, you know, something gets you down, you just make a joke with the other person or, you know, he would even just stand behind a door and jump out all of a sudden and scare me. Um, and I, I think I just really miss, you know, that. He was also like my human pincushion. You know, he would let me do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted on him. Um, you know, he, he even let me put two microdermals in his back with pink little gems on them. So he was just so much fun. Yeah. I, I, I liked, um, when we would just do just corny bullshit, like we would do uh good vibe Saturdays where we would just tell each other that like neither of us were allowed to like, cause you know, we've worked together for 11 years. You know how I get sometimes, you know, like I become like a little rain cloud of a person. And, um, you know, we would have good vibes only Saturdays where neither of us would let the other one like get down or get grumpy, which is like, you know, saying something, especially if, if he had a bad day or if I had, you know, most of my bad days. Uh, so that was always cool. And just like, you know, connecting through music. And when he was working in the kitchen, um, you know, he would bring in food and stuff. And it was just like, it was like such a small gesture, but sometimes I would come into work and there would just be like a little donut like yeah. on the on the desk for or me like a cookie or something yeah you know and just like just like he was a really sweet really caring person he really wanted to take care of people and um with him being gone sometimes it, you get you get those thoughts in your mind of like could i have done anything to take better care of him um you know was there anything that you could have said could have done could have listened to um that you didn't and it's 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 tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, you know, just also being in these like other positions where like I, I'm already like a really like, uh, like nostalgic fool and sentimental fool. And, you know, and I, I like to keep all these little things that I, that I feel a connection to and, and feel like meaning for. And, um, the beginning of this year is when we were still kind of dealing with uh, COVID spikes and stuff. And a lot of us were still wearing face shields and everything, you know, and we all had our own face shield that we would hang up in our own specific places of the shop or whatever. And like his is still just hanging on the wall. And I don't know if you 
notice it every day, but like I notice it every day and I notice that it's like, it's just hanging there and it's like, I can't take it down or get rid of it. Like, you know, yours has long since been put away. Mine has long since been put away and his is still just hanging on the wall where he left it the last day that he was at work. And I just can't take it down, you know? Yeah. I, I look at it every day. I walk into the room and I just think about him. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I I appreciate Lily stepping up a lot. Uh, I remember when we hired Lily, and I was like, well, I don't know if I don't know when you hire somebody if if they'll work out. You know, like they, it could just be maybe they're they're good with just answering the phone, and then there's really not a lot else that they that they take to you know, and and seeing all like the all the above and beyond like extra work that Lily's put in over the last couple of months. Um, has been like really beneficial to the shop and I like really appreciate it and stuff. And it's just funny, you know, like when she came into the shop, me having to just like look her straight in the face and be like, I'm sorry, but we, we don't have a tattoo apprenticeship that we can offer you, which is what I know you really want. And now like, you know, months later, uh, you know, she's kind of like woken up her, her passion for body piercing in a way that I, I wouldn't have really expected at first. And, um, it feels, it feels like, you know, like rinse and repeat in a way where we can kind of keep the shop going. Um, I think we did a lot of the hardest work at the start of the pandemic, you know, and a lot of that hard work was, was Rob's hard work of dialing it in. And, you know, we still had tattooing at the time and, um, huge change, you know, like February, 2020 versus, uh, November, 2022 is just like worlds apart from what the shop was, you know, and you saw that for years, like you worked in a tattoo and piercing shop. Yeah. And now it's like really firmly just a piercing shop. And, um, I, I can't really see us going back to tattooing, but at the same time, like I don't really want to grow the piercing side much anymore. And it's like, I know that we could, you know, we turn people away and stuff, but like, um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's like if it's if it's Rob, if it's post pandemic, if that if this is post pandemic or if it's just getting older or getting jaded more than I already am or whatever it is, but like how do you feel about how the shop has changed and like what we're doing and what our future is going to be? I feel like it's just kind of changed for the better to be honest. Um I feel like everything flows really well now. I love the appointments. I don't think I could ever go back to just walk-ins. Yeah. Um, I miss having tattooers there that we can talk to and, you know, hang out with. But at the same time, I see, I just see more of the, the piercing side of the business. Yeah. You know, like when I, when I started the shop, it was really just like, I, I do this because it's what I, what I love to do. And like as a 20 year old running a business, you know, the first person I tried to pull into the shop was a friend who was tattooing and then seeing, seeing that growth, you know, seeing who came in for tattooing, you know, who left from tattooing, uh, and then like watching Pearson grow at the same time. Like there was, there was this point, you know, maybe it was like five or six years in or something where we were, we were, both sides were kind of growing at like an even pace. And then it just kind of turned into like, 
I think tattooers have their comfort zone. You know, it's it's way more art driven for them. You know, there's got to be different motivators there when it's like you you draw and then you put something on somebody's body in a way and like I, I'm not a tattooer. I don't connect to it, you know, and, and the scarification that I do is isn't really in that same kind of universe. But like seeing piercing grow in the way it did and like, you know, the people who came in and the, the people who, who went out of it, I'm, I'm, I, I feel more comfortable with it being just piercing now because like obviously because I'm a body piercer and like watching how the shop grew. And I, I think that it, it was almost to a point where I feel like I couldn't do tattooing a service because like my energy just wasn't there and I just didn't want to put my energy there because like I had to work really hard to grow the piercing side of it. So I understand that like, you know, tattooing had to kind of, you know, transition its way out of the shop. I, I, I definitely couldn't go back to, I, I, th I think about it sometimes. I think about what piercing was um, two or three years ago, you know, and, and we had it dialed in for that walk-in business model. And there were those Saturdays, you can remember them, where it would just be a, the lobby would be packed full of people. Mm -hmm. And like, you'd have to be like, I'm sorry, I'm going as fast as I can, but I'll be with you in maybe an hour and a half. And like now it's just like you can breathe, you know, and, and you can have lunch. You know when you're going to get out. Um, yeah. You know how many more things you have to do until the end of the day. You can predict time where you can actually sit down and answer an email or just like breathe for a minute. Yeah, I really enjoy the appointments. Um, just uh, like you said, just for the eating lunch alone is amazing. Um, and not having to eat it in like three minutes, like in between statum cycles. That or like, you know, you just got a hot lunch and now you're eating it cold three hours later because you finally have time. Right. Yeah. I hated that. Like I remember plenty of days where like I would get my lunch or somebody would get my lunch or somebody would drop off my lunch and I would plop it down on the desk and then it'd be like, I'll, I'll get to you in just a minute. And then the end of the day would come, nine o'clock would come around and I didn't even open the bag. And then it's just like this cold, sweaty... Yeah. bag of food and then you got to take it home and either try to like choke down this like hours cold food that you wanted for lunch or just like throw out a perfectly good meal that you didn't get to eat um so i i don't miss those days um it does feel weird though like numbers wise we're doing awesome you know better than we've ever done ever and uh but like so many days are so similar where even if like, even if we're having a, a good month, if I look at like, you know, a bad couple of days, it's just like, oh man, this is the end. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. like nobody, no, this is it. You know, somebody, they found another shop to go to, you know, uh, and it's, it's like really tough to pull out of those nosedives sometimes. Do you still, do you still find joy? Do you still find the good interactions with like, you know, whether it's new customers or, or return customers? Yeah. I really like having those interactions, especially with uh, the more nervous client, um, you know, just talking them through it and making it an experience for them as opposed to like a scary experience. Um, just, yeah. I think uh, having the opportunity to know that you don't have a pile of, of people waiting like angrily in the lobby can can take a lot of pressure off of it. You know, trial and error, we had to figure out how much time we need for what types of bookings and stuff like that. But now we have it dialed in really well to the point where if somebody comes in, it's just like, as long as it's not one of those scenarios where you spend 
a ton of time at the front counter, like picking out jewelry. If you can get into the the piercing room, like with a, a, a good amount of time left, I really like those those appointments the best because it's like I have plenty of time to talk to Mark to answer questions, to go at like a smooth pace or something. Sometimes it can feel a little bit constrictive though when you do take, you know, you have a half hour booking for something, let's say, and it takes you 10 minutes to like answer questions, pick out jewelry, get a release form done, whatever, like 10 or so minutes before you actually get to start the statum, the statum cycle. Sometimes like those appointments where it's like, man, I know that if the person just had that full 30 minutes to just look at jewelry, it would probably be this amazing experience for them. And then, you know, maybe they would buy a big ticket thing. Maybe they wouldn't, whatever. But like, um, I feel like having to kind of cut people off sometimes at the front counter to be like, I, I just want to make sure we have enough time where nothing has to be rushed back in the piercing room. I think that sometimes it's like a switch for people where they're just like, oh, you know, where it's just like. Yeah, I think some people get it. And then some people just see it like that's their time, no matter what they want to do. Like, are, are you still getting, like, the regulars that you connect with, though? Because, like, you know, like an example, like Doug, you know, like Doug is like a really cool client. Um, and like there, I remember lots of clients before the pandemic, and I haven't seen as many of them. I've seen lots of clients, you know, since then. But like some of the regulars I haven't seen, and I worry that sometimes like the rigidness of appointments squeezes them out or doesn't they don't feel like a service you know and like i would try to do my best to maybe even stay late or come in early or like do specialty appointments for the regulars you know the people that i that i remember and recognize and really like grew with as a piercer i feel like some of them just like you know it i could only come in on a saturday and like oh ryan's booked for the next three saturdays or evan's booked for every single evening appointment when I, that's the only time I could come in. Do you, do you feel like any of that gets kind of kind of lost? A little bit, but I think some of it might also be just spur of the moment, like they just want it on that day, you know? And, you know, with people moving away, college or whatever they're doing, you're not going to see them as often. But, um, you know, I, I feel like more recently I've seen a lot of... Um, regular clients from you know the old shop all that um and i th- I think it was just you know luck of the draw timing issues. timing yeah 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 um oh you know over over a long period of time you know uh two two weeks ago was 22 years since since you know the shop started and over that time tons of regulars have have came and went, moved away, passed away, whatever, you know, um, not into piercings anymore or whatever. So, you know, sometimes I miss what piercing was for me. I really enjoy what piercing is now too. Like now I get, uh, I would say that we probably get more people that search us out, that like research and come in and or like have, have read reviews and it's like they book an appointment with us because they know that we can do the the special thing that they want. What what are those what do those clients feel like for you? Like when people come in and they're like, "Oh, I, I came here because, you know, I read the reviews and this and that and whatever, just had to get it done by you." So like, what does that feel like for you? I mean, it definitely pumps up my tires, you know, makes me feel really good about myself, but you know, that's why I wanted to work at the studio to begin with. It was the only place I wanted to be. 
I don't know. It's just when someone seeks you out like that, it just feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't shown you the, the forward nostrils yet, but like that was pretty fun to do. Do you ever, do you ever feel like there's a negative where like sometimes you don't get opportunities to do the rare variations? Like, do you feel like more people steer towards me for that? And like, you don't get the opportunities you'd want with it. Yeah. There's definitely some times where I feel like, you know, there's not enough time in the day or, um, you know, they can only come in on a weekend or, you know, just weird occurrences or, you know, like I said, just more time in the day. Sometimes I feel like if someone had a random hour appointment, you know, you could do something more unique, fun, you know, like an industrial project or, you know, something different. Hmm. How do you feel about where piercing has gone over the last couple of years? Have you noticed it as like a, a stark difference or have you noticed it as like more of just like a steady evolution? Um, more of like an evolution. I feel like more people said that it was a fad to me when I was first starting uh, as an apprentice, but I've just seen the slow growth of like, you know, just that very pierced person coming in and they're always at a studio versus uh, someone who comes in gets you know their first tragus piercing and then all of a sudden within the next year you know they've got a doth piercing helix you know and a whole bunch of other things that they never even thought that they wanted Mm. so i think it's really interesting to see that um how much of it do you think is like jewelry fashion versus like the act of piercing of like getting a piercing for them like what do you what do you notice with that I feel like it's more of the fashion aspect. You know, we still get every once in a while the client that is looking for a piercing because they want a piercing. But I think more often than not, uh, sometimes it's what uh, can kind of confuse a client. They, th- they see some famous person with a piercing or just a friend that has the piercing. They had no problems with it whatsoever, and then they jump into it not really doing the research at first or, you know, asking the questions, and they think that it's going to be some easy, um, you know, few-day heal when... It's like six months. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's those that are slowly learning that it wasn't just something to jump into. What are some... Because, okay... Here, that that brings up an interesting thing. You have done more snug piercings than I have done. I'm pretty sure. Like, what what are some of the piercings where if people come in and ask for it? You, it's not like you're trying to talk them out of it, but you want to make sure that you like hit a few points and make sure that they're like really, like uh, informed before they decide to get it. So, like, what are the piercings that jump out for you with something like that? The two big ones would be snug and antitragus. Yeah. Do people just like see it online and think that it's just like any other piercing? Yeah. I really love doing them, to be honest. Um, I love the way they look, but I just like being honest with them so that way they know that what they're getting into. It's not just, you know, your typical lobe piercing. Mm. That's another thing to, like, bring up, too, is... Can you think of, like... I mean, you don't, it's not like you have to list them or anything, but can you think of how many trends you've seen come and go? Like, what are, what are some of, like, that... You know, I know there was the, the triple forward helix thing and, like, others... Like, what are some of the, the trends that stick out in your mind over, like, your career? The biggest one's the doth. Yeah. Yeah, that one was, like, a... Just a tidal wave. Yeah. That, and I'd say... I feel like rook piercings come and go, oddly. 
Um, same thing with like industrial piercings where there'll be a wave of them and then nothing for quite a while. I used to get this really almost predictable wave of tongue piercings in September and October for whatever reason. I think people were getting like really visible stuff in the warmer months. And then when they all started bundling up, that's when they started getting like tongue piercings. And like, I'm glad that tongue piercings are not a popular one lately anymore. How had that tongue go for you today? Great. It was slimy. Yeah. Yeah. Drooly. Was, yeah. But like the, the biggest trend over like, you know, okay, a couple of years ago, like nipples are a big trend. And now it's the point where nipples are basically just like a staple, you know, like we just do tons of nipple piercings. But earlobes have like taken over the shop and like lots of shops, you know, and especially when you think that like almost every client that comes in for an earlobe piercing is coming in for two earlobe piercings just the volume of earlobes that we've done in the last like two years alone is like really staggering. Like what's that been like for you? Honestly, I was surprised just because, you know, I feel like for so long, so many people saw an earlobe as just such an easy thing. And, you know, either a grandparent would do it or, you know, you went to the doctor or, you know, the mall. Um, And I think people are just starting to see that, there is a real difference between going to a professional studio and, you know, having a young kid like service your ears. Yeah. I, I like it. You know, for, for me, piercing, interacting with children, like, and when I say children, I mean like younger than 12 was not at all my comfort zone, you know, for, for a long, a large part. Like I have no kids. You have kids. You know how to talk to a little kid. For me, it's just like, hello child you know like i don't know how to talk to a I, I i feel comfortable with it now but it was definitely something that i had to i had to like learn how to talk to like a small little person and like not in like a respect and disrespect way but you know in just like their their maturity their growth as like a an actual human being and like the the brain of like a really small human being like you can't overwhelm an eight-year-old with like mountains of information to make them feel better you have to just like talk to them or like make a joke with them or like ask them about their pets or, or something you know like the the skills to to talk to an eight-year-old and, and keep them calm and keep them happy and keep them smiling is so different than talking to an adult or even a teenager like it's worlds apart yeah well i i think their mind just changes so quickly too that you know, once they're even, if they have a question, by the time they're asking the question, they're on to something else. And I noticed uh, with Piercing Oliver recently that it, it's got to be interesting as a child being pierced by someone that's your father versus someone that you have no idea who it is. You're just meeting them the first time. You have some sort of like scaredness to it like you don't know what they're gonna do almost and so you feel like you have to behave where when it's like your own sibling or you know father daughter whatever it just feels a little bit different but it was the most fun that i've ever had piercing yeah well there'd have to be some sort of like almost unexplainable familiarity because the you know a whole lifetime of you fixing boo-boos or doing whatever you know you you do as a parent um and then just kind of like having that experience it it must have been really fulfilling for you it was and i feel like with both my kids uh you know fixing little cut scrapes and stuff they've never been the best with and i've found that if i just talk through it 
and explain everything that I'm doing, they're much better than me just trying to go at it and trying to help, even though that's typically the easiest way. Do you use your piercer voice when you do that, or do you use like a dad voice? I use my piercer voice. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna irrigate the wound. Okay, you're just gonna feel a little pressure here. <laughs> uh, I, do, do you see any other trends coming down the pipeline, or is it all just like stuff that's like cutting edge trends? Because I, I know there are people out there that are gonna be like, forward nostrils, it's gonna be the next big thing. And it's like, no, it is not. No, it is not. I can't see anything like that as being, you know, huge, but I like the the openness to experiment and that mm. there's something new. Yeah. I think with all the new jewelry companies, I think that's going to be the big trend is just um, really being able to have whatever you want on your body. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's companies that make really, really fancy ends, the plain ends, and then... There's everything in between now. Mm. Um, and if you don't want something gold, it can almost be made in titanium now. Yeah. Uh, the the jewelry side of it is has been really tough to keep up with. Um, there were lots of different phases of challenges. There was like the, the first phase of like, I don't know what the difference of any of this stuff is. You know, admittedly, not knowing about materials, not really knowing or caring about threads, you know, all, all that stuff that there was that generation. Then there was the generation of like, oh my God, it's overwhelming how much is out there. Even, even like 10 or 15 years ago, overwhelming how much and the like learning it. Then there was the shock of like, it costs how much and like having to kind of grow into that and trying to create a shop that was like viable when you were also trying to grow and change and improve and like your budget was constantly, constantly blowing up. Uh, and now like kind of going back into another wave of just like, there are so many options out there that it's, it's tough to keep up with all the new companies. Like there are still people throw out company names that are like staples in their shop and they're like, Oh yeah, just got a whole new order in from such and such. And I'm just like, who? Like I, like there's another one that I have to like check out their their stuff and like, you know, maybe open an account, maybe bring in some stuff or whatever. Like it's it's dizzying how many vendors are out there at this point. Yeah, there is quite a bit. Um but I like the variety, you know, because if someone's making really cool rings or, you know, or if they just make really awesome end pieces, you know, you can just pick and choose what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I still like having some of the, like the, the staple companies, even if we don't order, like a good example is like Gorilla Glass. Like I, I really love Gorilla Glass and what they make. I love their artistry and I love like their style and all that stuff. But like, you know, we're, we're not using a lot of glass. I'd say we probably use more glass retainers than we do, in, you know, install plugs on people. But um, yeah, I, I, I feel like this is also a, a point of growth for a lot of these vendors where they're trying to, figure out what the next chapter of their company and company is and that's going to be maybe one of the next challenge isn't really the right word but like adaptation we're going to have to figure out how to deal with the new iterations of some of these companies and make sure that like we're paying attention to how they want us to order and like what their prices are like it's 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 kind of tough keeping up with some of their price increases too not in a bad way but like constantly being like oh yeah we gotta we gotta put this up by a couple of bucks. We gotta put that up by a couple of bucks. Are are there any like uh, particular kinds of like 
I don't even know how to really ask it. Like, you know, the jewelry interactions that you have with clients, you, you deal with a lot more jewelry service appointments than I do. Like usually my days, they're, they're really limited, you know, uh, one or two days a week tops really. And it's, my appointments are basically just like, just get a new piercing. That's it. Like I don't have, I don't have appointments available for jewelry changes and stuff for, for me. So you're doing pretty much most, like most all of that stuff in the shop. So like, what are those appointments like for you other than the ones where it's more maintenance issues, like changing a retainer or doing a downsize or something like the people that are coming in for jewelry? Like what are those appointments like for you? Well, I think it's interesting because, you know, you have a whole group of different people where some of them are just, they've already got all these piercings and they just realize that they can make them fancy. You know, they might've just been wearing the same jewelry the last 10 years and just realize that, you know, there's a completely different style that they can put in there. I really like the clients that want to get a, uh, like curated ear. That's one of my favorite things and newer things. Um, I feel like that's happening a lot more than just jewelry changes now. Like someone wants a look, even if it's just one ear or both ears or, you know, mouth stuff. It's a lot of fun to be able to pick out jewelry for someone. Yeah. Like some of the orders, like, you know, when, when you handle custom orders for stuff and I see some of the, the invoices and like the, just the creativity of like the stones and the sizing and like the pieces and all that stuff, it looks really fun. And there are plenty of times where I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have had the chance to like have that conversation with someone because like, it seems like there's a lot of creativity there. It's really cool. I would, I would like maybe one day to be able to offer, at least on a limited basis, longer appointments where it's just styling and just jewelry and stuff like that. Um, you know, trying to be the person in the office paying all the bills and, you know, all that stuff too, I have to kind of look at it as like, well, will all of those services like actually involve income for the shop to, to pay bills, to pay staff hours and all that stuff. And like, sometimes I would like to be able to just have conversations where we can just like talk about cool stuff, but being the person having to pay the bills, you also have to make sure that it's like you have money to pay the bills. So sometimes it's, it's tough to like have that balance. Well, even sometimes, you know, a client will come in and you go through the motions of picking out this incredible jewelry for them. They're so excited. And then they get hit with the price and they realize that they're not really ready for it. Um, and that happened to me recently where, uh, they were just so excited about what Lily had picked out for them. Um, but you know, when she left, she left wanting to come back to get those pieces as soon as she had the money for them. You know, she didn't, it wasn't like a cop out where she was like, Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't want that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just tell, uh, she wants something that's going to be perfect for her ear and she wants it the first time, not, you know, down the road. Yeah. Like those kinds of interactions. I never hold it against a person. If we do the whole, like, these are all your options. And then, you know, here's the price tag and the person's like, well, you know, I just genuinely didn't think that it would have been that much. And it's just not something that I can afford today. Those customers seem to always be like piercing fans. They're really into it and they know that it's like, okay, maybe today's not a yes, but like you have a goal in mind. You like, now you know what you like, you know, that that's like a really important part of it is like figuring out like what you actually like with this stuff. I would like to be able to, to do more for people. I just feel like sometimes my, my energy and my brain power is like maxed out and it's like, I just can't, I can't add one more shift. I can't stay one extra hour later. I just can't right now. Uh, and I feel like that's probably my biggest 
limitation lately is just like finite energy. That um, makes sense. I mean, ever since you know we reopened from COVID, it's just been one of those things where it's the idea of working extra hours sounds amazing until you get into that groove of working those hours and then you still love doing it but you know you don't want to work all those hours no uh and also like i need to say it like out loud like thank you for being like the world's most flexible piercer on like staffing too because you know i I remember having conversations with you when aaron was moving to colorado and that was kind of like you 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 can have as many hours as you want kind of a thing and you know, you wanted to do like four or five, four or five days a week, um, which is like, you know, admirable. And uh, then COVID hit and we flopped down to zero days a week and then slowly trying to figure out like, well, what's the comfort zone? And like now I'd say that we have like a pretty non-traditional set of hours. Like we're completely closed on Sunday and then we're also completely closed on Wednesday. And like plenty of times like I go in and that, that, that that's when I pierce you know, you have the time off. Lily has the time off. Uh, John, the new hire, like, you know, wouldn't really need to be there on those kinds of days. Um, but like whenever I do trips, go to conferences, go to see Lola or something, like you almost always cover those Saturdays while I'm gone. So thank you for like, you know, working on a Saturday when you could be like, you know, in your pajamas or doing whatever you want to be doing on a Saturday. Well, I still think it's fun, so... Uh, you know, one thing that Rob and I used to always do is uh, on a Saturday, we used to try and get dressed up fancy and just make it like a fun day like that. So, you know, I always like working extra hours when I can, but I also have realized that you need time away. So that way you can really, uh, you know, recuperate, you know, feel refreshed and not bogged down. Yeah, that's like, I I like that your life schedule and my life schedule also kind of like, they work in like a symbiotic kind of a way, you know, like when I do a trip and I come back, it's really easy for me to like cover one of your Monday, Tuesday shifts. And then you get like this like five day weekend, basically, which is like, amazing you know because like you give me time away which i really need and then like you know hopefully you get enough time away where you get to recharge and like do the things that you want to do and i'm just really glad that we don't have a shop scenario uh where it's just like no you can't have that day off no you can't do that because like i don't think either of us would want to do that you know yeah like that would suck side note rob story i remember when we first hired Rob, like he's, he was a very young guy. He was a very young guy. And when we hired him all that much younger, um, and I remember, uh, having to like very politely pull him aside and be like, you smell terrible. (laughs) Like (laughs) you, you can't, you can't work right now. You have to, I, I just, I took $20 out of my pocket and I was like, you have to go, to the store and buy deodorant. You have to, and you cannot come in without wearing deodorant. I don't care what brand it is or what kind of like earth crunchy brand you want to get, but like you, please, you have to go get some deodorant. And his shoes, I remember he used to wear, I don't know what the, know what the brand is, but he wore like 
crust punk sneakers that look like they were they, they look like they were like scabs on his feet yeah. they look they were terrible yeah i remember his crust punk phase uh i really enjoyed it when he started getting all fancy when uh, he started dressing like a batman villain yeah he just had yeah. this really cool look to him yeah um very stylish hmm. yeah uh i thought it was funny like remember during the pandemic when i rented out the theater for Godzilla versus Kong. And that was the first time that like the staff was together in one place. Like we were all, you know, I, we had a whole theater so we could all space out enough because at the time we were all still like freaked out about like seeing somebody's mouth. And, um, you know, we were, none of us were in face masks cause everybody was like spaced out and stuff. And then I remember like just doing a double take and looking at Rob and be like, did you grow a fucking mustache? And like, that's how long I hadn't seen his face. Like he grew an entire mustache before I even noticed. Yeah, it was great. I loved the mustache. I was not a fan. I mean, like I, I loved every minute of working with Rob and like, he was such like, I say this in the, the, the most endearing way. He was such a weirdo, but like, I, I loved every minute of it. And like, I'm, I'm really going to miss him. You know, like there's still so many things that, uh, remind me of him and just like the sound of his the sound of his voice um and just like the the little the little casual things like when you walk down the hallway and you glance down into the sterilization room and like now a lot of times you see like lily in there working on tools or working on whatever and i just remember you know seeing seeing rob just being like super lanky tall awkward guy with like you know these big feet and just all his PPE and like, you know, his big old ears and his hair up in a bun and all that stuff and his big corny glasses. And just, I just miss him so much. I miss him so much. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? Oh, you know what we got to talk about is like BMX. You got to come to BMX this year. Yeah. What was was that like? That was awesome. Um, Being able to teach beside you and Lola was really, really cool. Um, it was interesting to learn while I was teaching. Um, you know, Lola's got some awesome techniques that, you know, both of us didn't even know. It was a really good experience. And I got to experience suspension for the first time, which was really cool. Do you feel like it's something you'd want to do again? Yes. Yeah. I didn't think I would be able to. And, you know, Rob and I had always talked about doing a chest pull together. Um, because I was always a little bit afraid that with my vertigo issues, I wouldn't be able to sway back and forth. But uh, Charlene figured out a really good way of uh, hooking me and kept me steady the whole time, and it was awesome. It, To be honest, it felt like Rob was standing there right next to me, and it was a really, really good experience. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to experience it. Um, you also got to experience... I. I don't know if it was anxiety-inducing for you. Um, Lola said that she did not enjoy... Uh, this time she had gra- a great time, but the first time Lola and I ever instructed together, I have a bit of a bad habit when uh, I co-instruct with people where I'm just like, we'll figure it out, we'll wing it. And just like giving like no input at all as to like what we're teaching. is just like, a, yeah, 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 just like, you know, we'll just, we'll just do it. I was a little bit nervous about that just because I didn't know what I was getting to. And uh, the one thing I didn't think of was everything uh, being in millimeters. Right. Yeah. That's that's pretty stark. When you when you're over in those classes and like you can if you just say casually like you know oh yeah twelve gauge half inch like that can get you pretty far. 
But then when people start asking questions and they're just like, yeah, but wouldn't like a, you know, a 16 mil here or what it's one mil and be like, I don't know what those sizes mean. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, like now I can think in millimeters like pretty comfortably. But uh, yeah, there was a large portion where it was just like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to tell me the American version of that. Uh, if you could think of anything since the start of the pandemic and the changes the shop has made since the start of the pandemic as like information you know now that you wish you had known before we had to make that change? No. Like, well, like, what do you mean? Well, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have thought that it would be so difficult to just get somebody to bring their ID. Like how many times oh, yeah. we have to like tell people like, like I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, oh, we had to tell them a hundred times, but like having to tell somebody even like three or four times, bring your ID and then they still don't bring the ID like that. That's been pretty frustrating. One thing I think that's pretty interesting is, you know, a little while ago with the pushback of customers not wanting to wear masks and, um, you know, once we opened up to customers not wearing masks, uh, I think it's funny because now they walk in and they want to wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's because it's like this reaction where we're wearing face masks. So when we open the door with one and they're just like, oh, am I supposed to be? And it's like, yeah, I, I, it definitely feel it, it definitely felt weird to me the first time I had to be like, well, they're, they're just optional for customers now. You don't have to wear one if you don't want to wear one. But now with it being like, you know, that window of, I think, Thanksgiving to New Year's is going to be when you have the seasonal spikes with yeah. COVID. So now we're just kind of going with it and being like, yeah, we got face masks right there if you'd like to put one on. And I'm fine with that. You know, I, I think we found a, a comfortable way to live with it where we have some level of protection. Customers have a level of protection. And uh, I think it's working. But I just I just hope we don't get another goddamn spike this year. I just, I just Did you actually, did you make it the whole fucking time without getting it? Yeah. You fucker. Like, I got it. I, I know I got it once. I'm almost positive I got it twice. But yeah, you know, I got it. Lola got it. Lots of other piercers I know got it. You didn't fucking get it. And it's like, I feel very jealous of you because like it sucked. I was sure I was going to get it, especially having kids. Once the kids went back to school, I thought they were going to bring it home or something. But even Oliver, once he started going back to school, he wanted to wear his mask all the time. And, um, you know, even if he thought he forgot it that day, he'd be like, oh my God, I can't go in school without a mask. I can't get my friends sick. So... Hopefully it just helped, you know, people wash hands more regularly Yeah, and uh, actually have good hygiene. And some of them are cool with appointments, which is a big improvement for us. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's call it here because you got to go home to your kids. Um, so what sort of contact bullshit would you want people to, to know about you? Um, my Instagram's Evan's Excellent. That's pretty much all I use. Um, my email's evanpba at gmail.com. You know what else I want to mention really quick is, uh, you know, we're going to have to keep a close eye on COVID numbers for the next two months, but we are um, kind of like the store is open for shadowing again. You know, uh, I, like I said, I don't have like a ton of shifts, but like, you know, I've, I've had some, some people in the shadow. Uh, you know, Jasper Volk came out to shadow, uh, which was a, a really fun experience. Like I hadn't really done much shadowing since the start of the pandemic, you know, other than just kind of if Lola was visiting for a couple of days sort of a thing. But, you know, you've expressed that you're, you're cool and comfortable with it now, you know, and, and we're going to probably start bringing some more people in for shadowing. So 
if anybody out there is interested, like especially the, the piercers who aren't already in like APP shops and want to have some sort of a connection out there, message Evan, message me, and and you know try to get some people in for shadowing. Yeah, come in, have fun, yeah. learn some stuff. Yeah, cool. All right, well, thanks for talking to me, and thanks for uh, you know doing a really good job as a piercer. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks for talking to me, Evan, and just thanks for being all-around excellent. I appreciate everything you do in the shop. And I want to just say that I also appreciate you, the supporter. You know, thank you for listening to the the podcast. I'm just starting to see, like, the whole, like, Spotify-wrapped um, year-end review analytics stuff, and it's it's just overwhelming, the amount of support that the, the show has gotten. But it's also just, like, amazing the amount of support that you've shown me at, at patreon.com slash ryanpba. I love making this content, and it just wouldn't be possible for me to be able to do it uh, without your support. So thank you so much for, for everybody at patreon.com slash ryanpba. Um, as I'm here in, in Glasgow, I'll be finishing up this podcast shortly, and then I'll be getting back to work on another video. I'm just getting to the, the subtitles for a new septum video, which is kind of the last step. So when this podcast publishes, there's probably going to be a, a new piece of content for you at patreon.com slash ryanpba showing different ways you can pierce a septum. Uh, if you already watched my septum clamp video, you, you kind of get an idea of how we're piercing septums in the shop right now, using a clamp, having everybody lie down in a pretty similar body positioning. But for years, I, I, tried, uh, I tried different methods, having people sit up and piercing with receiving tubes and trying freehand. And, you know, I feel like I get the most success with the way that I, I use clamps now, but that's not the only way I've ever pierced it. So I've got some content that I recorded for uh, previous septum classes, and I'm going to show you that. Uh, that'll be available right around the time that this episode is available. I also need to start getting ready for a lot of work in 2023. If you've been listening to the episodes for a while, you know that there's kind of a, a conference season, um, APP in Vegas and GEP in Brazil, UK APP and BMXNet, and a ton of work to get ready for that stuff. Well, I've, I've been invited back to a lot of these conferences for 2023, and I need to write some new material. I need to write some new classes and new content, also new stuff for Patreon, also new stuff for the podcast or webinars or seminars and all this stuff. And uh, I want your ideas. I want you to, to tell me what you're looking for, what you want me talking about, teaching about, uh, sharing to the community. So I'm going to put a, a link in the description for this episode to a Google form. You can submit anonymously and, and tell me what you're most interested in. And that's what I'm going to be working on for 2023. So I'll also put that link on my Patreon for supporters there. I'll put it on the Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page, and I'll put it at ryanpba.com too. So go ahead, make those contributions, make those suggestions, uh, give me your ideas, and I can start to put together some new stuff for 2023. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching my, my videos, and I'll be back with more stuff soon. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>